When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In this town, there is no off-season. The news never stops, and neither do we. It's always game day in Cleveland with Andy Baskin and Daryl Ryder. It's always game day in Cleveland. Hi, everybody. I'm Andy Baskin. Daryl Ryder, Bronze Beat reporter for 92.3 The Fan, also is here. It's our show. We hang out with you uh, as you're driving around town, and we love being a part of your life right now. Again, it's always game day in Cleveland. If you like what you're listening to, remember to subscribe to the It's Always Game Day in Cleveland feed. Daryl, Tuesday, Tuesday, Tuesday is the day. Deshaun Watson will meet with uh, Sue Robinson, the former federal judge, and we away we go with what could be next in the Deshaun Watson saga. Thoughts? I think we already know what's going to be next. He's not playing for the Cleveland Browns this year. I, I mean, that that has become very, very clear when you look at uh, the stories from ESPN, uh, the Washington Post, uh, I think uh, either for, you know Forbes or Sports Business Journal, one of those magazines also had something like they have put the word out. Deshaun Watson's not playing this year if the NFL gets their way. So we have quickly progressed from a couple of games like we've talked about to a half a season to now. He's not playing. And I think Questions now become start to be asked about 2023 and if he's going to play in 2023. Um, I did not think going into this that it was going to be this bad from a disciplinary standpoint. But, oh, yeah, it's that bad. He's not going to play this year. They're, the Cleveland Browns are going to pay about $60 million to quarterbacks who will not play a single down in 2022 for them. Daryl, do you think that this got pushed because of the settlements? Like, I, if the settlements weren't already in place with 20 of the 24, do you think this would get stretched out a little bit longer or we'd probably be on the on the same trajectory as we would be heading towards training camp? No, and I think that the biggest problem, and we have talked about this for the NFL, is more information trickling out, right? Um, obviously, the league is more privy to information than than we are as far as behind the scenes and what may or may not have allegedly taken place between Deshaun and these accusers but you know to to recap here 24 filed lawsuits 20 of those lawsuits have been settled four of those are going to go to court two more suits were threatened to be filed but have not been filed yet the New York Times detailed up to 66 women that Watson saw, uh, saw over a 17th month period right mm-hmm. so uh 66 minus and, my, and Mike Florio said over 100 Right. So, over 100. Yeah. so we're talking 66 minus 24. That's what 42 women who have not filed any legal action officially. Right. Right. But there are some of those women who have said that Deshaun acted inappropriately, even though they are not seeking any type of uh, damage or restitution via the court system. So um, I, I, I think that the, the NFL is just, quite frankly, going to drop the hammer on this guy. Um, and he, he's just not going to play this year. And, and the, you know, the reports about how talks broke down, 
Well, the reason I think talks broke down is because the NFL probably made it very clear. Uh, yeah, he's not playing for a year, at least at minimum. That, and, and that's the key here. It's indefinite. The, the narrative now is indefinite suspension of at least one year. And that tells me that if more stuff comes out, they might bite into the 2023 season as well. So, Daryl, I, I was trying to think of different paths that could happen here. Um, and I think, I, I mean, we've all been kind of, I mean, I, even I was like 10 games in the beginning. I thought he was, no matter what, we were looking at 10 games. So I thought uh, four to six. Yeah, Initially, so, I was thinking four to six. But, Daryl, Sue Robinson could could say no suspension based on, if I mean. I think we, there's like, no chance. I know, but the, the it's still on her, like, it's on her table. She could call that. It, it, there's she no could chance. call no suspension. And I, I almost think that it was interesting, the story that came out last week about trying to have a settlement. Because I'm still wondering how much the NFLPA, it, like, they're going to Sue Robinson, and, and it, it seems like part of the NFLPA's argument, at least this is what's been reported, is that they're going to say, are you holding players to the same standard as owners? And I think if I'm Roger Goodell or I'm the other owners or I'm Jerry Jones, whose name's going to get flying in there or Kraft or, or Snyder, that they don't want other stuff getting out. And that I believe. So it would be in the NFL's interest to try to cut a deal with Watson so that that information or that those storylines don't start bubbling again. And who knows, the NFLPA might start digging up stuff on other owners. So, I mean, it's not like, you know, I, I, the owner in Cleveland's had issues before. I mean, we all know about Pilot Flying J. And I don't know if that, you know, I, they're not, they're, uh, the, the circumstances are different. But, again, it goes back to the, the policy of, of conduct. And, I, you know, and as I was thinking about different roads, you have to wonder if the league wants to have all their owners exposed. Well, the reason I say there's zero chance that he's not suspended is they if if that was a possibility, they would not have had the conversations that they have had already, and that is to try and negotiate right. uh, discipline. Okay, so there is absolutely no chance that Deshaun Watson will not be disciplined by the NFL. Um, as far as what you brought up with the the specter of uh, the dirty laundry involving ownership right. around the league, um. Look, I, I think that that's really all the NFLPA has it, it, in their pocket. Let, let's be honest about it. Um, because, again, remember, Sue Robinson's a former federal district judge. So clearly, and, and we don't know. What we know is what was filed in court with these 24 lawsuits and alleged and what's been reported. But clearly she has found something that she feels is a, vi a a severe violation of conduct policy here which is why again you have adam Sche like adam Schefter does not throw out indefinite suspension with at least one year lightly okay right it's a little as the, as the proposal that is right. what the proposal is right, right? With all due respect to Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk, who's still banging on the Baker Mayfield is going to play for the Cleveland Browns drum this year, and we'll get to that later in the podcast. Right. Okay? It's right. one thing if he throws it out there. Adam Schefter doesn't miss. Let, let's be honest about it. If it comes from him, it's as, it, it, you know, 99.9% .9 of the time, it's as good as gold. Okay? So 
Um, the fact that that's been put out there tells me that they are going to make an example of this guy, that this is uh, obviously his contract, since his contract was precedent setting, uh, his suspension is going to be precedent setting. And um, I'm not making light of that by any stretch of the imagination. It's just, it, it's a little ironic that, uh, that you know, he, he had the Browns give an unprecedented con- contract to a guy who's about to face unprecedented discipline from the National Football League. Um, and uh, so the, the fact that they've already had discussions about trying to come to some sort of agreement on discipline tells you it's coming. And again, multiple publications, multiple credible publications have all come out and said indefinite suspension with at least one year. And is what that, the league is pushing for. Yes. And, yeah. as, as far as what the league is pushing for. And I don't know that the NFLPA is going to be able to convince them otherwise. Yeah, I think for me, as I just look at this just from a legal standpoint, right? Sue Robinson has to figure out if she's going to listen to the past. I think that's something that's going to be interesting because she's a new cog in the wheel, I guess is probably the, an easy way to say it because well, this didn't exist before. Past, it's eight to ten. Like if okay. she listens to the past, right? The, the the benchmark for uh, personal conduct suspensions is eight to ten games. Like, that's the range, right? Right. And and, and also, let's not forget Sue Robinson is paid, is paid by the NFLPA as well as the NFL. Correct. So that's why I'm just I, – I'm I, – I, like, I agree with everybody. I think you know, these stories that are coming out are right that it's going to be a year. I'm really interested to see <clears throat> because the precedent she will set will – push us forward into the future if anything else happens to any other players or owners or members of staffs see i don't think it's i think that there's a chance it could be longer than a year and that's why it's going to be an indefinite suspension so he's not going to play this year at all because the league wants to see remember there's still four cases pending Right. And we don't know if Tony Busby was bluffing about those other two cases. We also don't know if more cases are going to be filed. Right. Or so more it, settled yeah, or, yeah. or 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 more settlements get reached in, you know, or what. You know what I'm saying? Right. So w- we have no idea. And neither does the NFL. And we talked about this on a previous podcast about just what a tough spot the NFL is in. If they suspended him for eight to ten games and right and more stuff comes out. Then what happens? Now the league is perceived as going too soft on Deshaun Watson, right? Right. It, now, if nothing would have come out, and they, and it, again, sticking with that eight to ten frame, precedent, previous precedent, right? Then you know Browns fans are going to feel like the league was too heavy-handed with Deshaun Watson because nothing new has come out. But the problem is that there has been new stuff come out, even to the admission of Deshaun Watson's own attorney who, okay. One of the, uh, I, I forget either lawsuit 24 or I'm sorry, either lawsuit 23 or lawsuit 24. One of those two remember he issued that statement. Hey, we can't comment. This is news to us. We have right. to investigate these claims ourselves. Right? So that is the danger that I think that the NFL and the pressure that the NFL is feeling here that like, Hey, if, if we give him X number of games and we do let him come back and play half 
of the 2022 season, but yet all this bad stuff is still coming out. How can we rationalize that? And as we've talked about previously, you know my position. I don't believe in double jeopardy. I don't believe that if you suspend him for X games this year, that you should be able to come back next year just because more allegations surface and come back and suspend him again. I feel that that's wrong. So what what ultimately becomes the compromise here, Andy? Okay. Yeah. Indefinite suspension. This way, there's no there's no game number attached. And and you basically say to him, if nothing else comes comes out and you're able to get this all wrapped up, we'll see you in 2023. If not, we'll have a conversation in the 2023 offseason about your uh your season. So is this commissioner's list then? That's my question. Is it indefinite suspension without pay or indefinite suspension with pay? Well, he's already been paid. He's already gotten his signing bonus. So he's, well, he's got, still got a, he's still yeah, got what a million on the table. It's for this a, year, right? I think a million and 35, something right. like that thousand, something like that. Um, a veteran minimum. And again, right. to stress, see, this is what's frustrating about national people who think that they know the Browns that don't cover the Browns is that the way Deshaun Watson's contract was structured, it's the same exact way that Miles Garrett's contract's been structured, Denzel Ward's contract extension was structured, every major massive contract extension that Andrew Berry has done with the Cleveland Browns have been structured with a big-ass signing bonus and a veteran minimum year-one salary. And that's all done for salary cap computation. And I get sick and tired of opening Twitter and seeing these national talking heads who, again, don't cover the Cleveland Browns, have never asked a single member of the organization a single question, but they've got national platforms taking cheap shots at the organization for how Deshaun Watson's contract was structured. No, Deshaun Watson's contract was structured in the same manner everybody else's was. The difference is all his money was guaranteed, and he got a really, 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 really massive signing bonus to the tune of around $45 million. But just shut up with this narrative that the Cleveland Browns as a way to skirt the system structured his contract so that he'd face minimum financial penalty. Oh, by the way, they could not only suspend Deshaun Watson, but they can fine him as well. So yeah, while he might only miss out on whatever million dollars, by the way, the contract would toll anyway and basically start over next year. But um, the, the, I just, I'm, I'm so sick of hearing this narrative from these national talking heads that don't know what they're talking about, but they're pushing this biased agenda. Yes, what Deshaun is accused of is, is, is despicable, gross, however you want to describe it. Very serious allegations. He's going to be disciplined at some point here. It's going to be severe. It's going to be unprecedented. But get your facts right. That's my thing. Get your facts right. So, Daryl, a, a couple things here. That that I also think that holds true for the Baker Mayfield situation, too. We're going to get to that in a second. Um, I, I just want to throw this out there. And, again, this is just it, – it, it's more of just trying to look at both sides of everything that's going on here and trying to figure out. And the league, as I look at the league in this situation, they have to be heavy-handed right now. They have to be talking about maximum penalties. They have to be talking about indefinite suspensions. Because if they don't, 
that there's you know there's the ground that they settle on uh changes does that make sense to you that yeah. they can't be they have to be this way because they want they want everyone to know that they lay down the law that th- this will not be tolerated and that this situation is there and that they don't want their anyone in the NFL anybody who says they work for the NFL in any way shape or form that they don't want the actions that have been said and put into the court of public opinion uh, regardless of, you know, if you're looking at any one of the prongs, which is criminal, civil, or NFL, that they need to do this. They also, I mean, Sue Robinson's in a spot where I, I don't know where she's supposed to, like, I wonder how Sue Robinson's going to weigh this thing out. Again, that's why, as the story pro- projects, and, and, and you know, I, I think I know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm not sure. And I also think that if the NFL doesn't talk this talk, they're going to look soft if Sue Robinson gives anything less than a year or less than indefinite. Right. And then a hundred percent agree. And uh, I, I would love to know how comfortable the Haslam's and Andrew Barry are with the information that they acquired before they gave up six draft picks and $230 million for a player that can't play this year. Basically tor- his unavailability is going to torpedo this season with all due respect to Jacoby Brissett. He's not Deshaun Watson. So, um, and I, so I just, I, I just, I shake my head. Clearly the NFL did a much thorough, uh, much more thorough investigation than the Cleveland Browns said they did. And you would think they would have given that information to any team that was looking at him. I mean, remember there were 10 teams that were looking at him. All right, Daryl, let's take a quick time out here. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about uh, the other thing that sometimes the, the national view of, What's going on with the Browns quarterback situation seems very skewed, and that's Baker Mayfield. What's next for him, and what would be next for the Browns if Deshaun Watson is not the starting quarterback? It's always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. If you want to be a part of the show, hit us up at Game Day CLE. It's always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. Uh, clearly, we've been talking about the Deshaun Watson situation. Now let's get into the Baker Mayfield part of the story because uh, uh, there are more stories, uh, again, kind of percolating about Seattle, maybe a destination, and it could be close to a trade. I, there was reading some stuff. I don't know what to believe. I don't know if that's true or not. Um, and I also think, much like the stadium story, sometimes things can be perceived as a convenient truth at the time to kind of say, Hey, look, shiny object over here, shiny object over here to take your attention away from what the real big story is. And wag the dog is another way to put that too. What what do you think about the Baker Mayfield situation right now? Well, some people still got to get clicks. It is the end of June, right? And this is supposed to be the dead period for the NFL and Mike Florio's at the top of the list. I have a lot of respect for Mike Florio, but I lose some when he puts out the garbage that he keeps putting out about Baker Mayfield playing for the Cleveland Browns again. Again, somebody who doesn't cover the team, somebody who really doesn't have an understanding of the situation and what's going on, and he's just throwing stuff against the wall for people to click on, and it's inaccurate. Baker Mayfield's never playing for the Cleveland Browns again. The Browns are done with Baker Mayfield, and Baker Mayfield's done with the Browns. There is no mending the bridge. The bridge has been nuked, okay? They're, they are way past the point of no return here. It's not happening. So stop putting it out there. You're being disingenuous to your audience when you do stuff like that. You, you know, this is part of the problem with our, with our media today. That stuff just gets thrown out there for clicks. You have a legitimate, first of all, 
again, Mike Florio is well-respected. When he posts news, he is on the same level as Adam Schefter or Ian Rappaport as far as credibility goes. So when you continuously throw out there the basis or baseless theory that Baker's somehow going to forgive the Browns and the Browns are going to welcome him back into the building with open arms, you're you're just being disingenuous to, to your audience. And quite frankly, I just, I find it unethical and I find it unprofessional. It's wrong. It really is, you know, and, and maybe he's held to a different standard because it's a blog site, but come on, man. Like Baker's not playing for the Browns again. It's just, it's not happening. So stop publishing headlines for people to click on and say, well, you know, now's the perfect time for Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns to kiss and make up because Deshaun Watson's probably not going to play this year. Let's see. The Browns brought in not one, not two, but three quarterbacks. And they got a guy, the the four, I think they got a fourth guy on the roster. Maybe they got rid of him. I, I forget. But like they brought in three quarterbacks to completely rebuild that room this offseason. And if Deshaun Watson is suspended, like we've talked about, then it's going to be Jacoby Brissett is your starter and Josh Dobbs moves up to be your backup. Baker's not playing for this team again. Stop writing about it. You want to write about him potentially going to Seattle? Fair game. You want to write him about him potentially going to Carolina? Fair game. You want to write him potentially going to New Orleans or any other team that needs a quarterback? Fine. You want to do the Jimmy Garoppolo for Baker Mayfield, the trade machine stuff? Fine. Great. But stop publishing stuff that is completely baseless and has zero merit of fact to it. And, and and it just, it, it irritates me when I see that stuff, because again, we have a responsibility to our audience to provide them with accurate and fair and correct information. And when you just keep throwing crap against the wall, like, Hey, Baker's going to play for the Browns again this year. It's wrong. It's disingenuous. And it, to me, violates that trust with your audience. That's just my take. It goes, Daryl. It goes back to what you were saying in the first segment about not understanding what the situation is here in Cleveland and not getting it. I mean, I, I don't. I can't think of anything worse that could have happened to that relationship. That when Jimmy says, "I'm going to come see you, Baker," and Baker says, "No," boom, <laughs> game over, man. It's game he, over. He got the excused from minicamp. Which, by the way, per the terms of the collective bargaining agreement, is mandatory. Like, I just, you know, and, and again, I have a tremendous amount of respect for Florio, and, and I read him every day because there's legitimacy to everything he writes and publishes, with one exception, and that's the Baker potentially still playing for the Browns nonsense. It's not happening. Read the room, dude. Read the room. It ain't I, I don't. What do you What do you think the odds are better that Baker plays for the Browns or Sue Robinson says zero game suspension for Deshaun Watson? Zero game suspension for Deshaun <laughs> Watson by a by a light year. Is that a measurement? By the way, is light year a thing? Sure, just ask okay. Buzz. He's got He's got a new movie coming out, so you'll be good <laughs> with that too. Um, so it, you brought it up. I mean, the Sam Darnold stuff will come up. The Jimmy Garoppolo stuff will come up too. Are they content with Jacoby Brissett being the starting quarterback? Do you think that, I mean, look, Andrew Barry's job is to make the roster better every day. And if you take something away from the roster, it's up to him to try to make it better. Would they be a better team with Jimmy Garoppolo as their, head, as their starting quarterback 
over Jacoby Brissett? If he's healthy, yeah, but I mean, the, the last I read is that now Jimmy's just starting to throw footballs again, or he's getting close to that point. Which is probably the same as Baker, too, right? Right. So, question mark, right? I, you know what I mean? Like, And, and also, let's keep in mind, um, Andrew Berry kind of blew the arsenal in the Houston Texans trade, right? Right. Uh, so, unless he's going to go full Los Angeles Rams and not pick in the first or second round for the next three years or, or whatever, because um, that's, quite frankly, I think the best thing he can offer, right, is uh, – is second rounder, you know, second round picks. So, um, or maybe Ted and, Stepien has some old picks he can get. <laughs> well, here's the other thing too is, and again, this is no disrespect to Baker, but like, there's not a lot of value there right now. You know, it's interesting when we were, um, we were talking about like, you know, Kareem Hunt and the crowded running back situation and, and who could be the odd man out and what could they get possibly for Kareem. And, you know, in, in my mind, I'm thinking, yeah, Kareem should be worth at least a first or a second round pick because he's just legit starting running back, whatever. But I mean, he, he does have a checkered past. He's on the the final strike thing or whatever it is that the, the league might have or whatnot. And so you know, maybe there's not a lot of value there for Kareem. I mean, that I think is there, right? Um, right? Just because I think the value is there does not mean that GMs around the league believe that value to be there. Like in an ideal world, look, I think the Browns should get a first round pick for Baker Mayfield. Guess what? The Browns aren't getting a first round pick for Baker Mayfield. Okay. That's fantasy land. And I, I a team would have to have to do, I I would think a team would have to lose maybe two starting quarterbacks in camp. That's the only way that's happening. But you understand what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I, I'm, stri- I'm still I trying to. That's what it should be does not mean that that's reality. And it's right. not like, no, I mean, gosh, I, I think that at this point, they're probably looking at a third round pick for Baker, even if he ends up like if if Seattle. I acquired. thought they were going to have to trade Baker and a third round pick when everything was going down. Right. So at least I, some so of that has kind of balanced its way out that maybe there's it just, just no be, value there. I mean, the, there's today just, it doesn't I feel mean, like there's any. But I agree. I agree. And it's part of the reason why Baker Mayfield technically is still a Cleveland Brown. And like the, again, these are things that I've tried to very politely hammer home to people. Like, again, I'm not slighting Baker because look, I think he is a legitimate starter in the national football league. The Browns made a determination that he's not an elite player and they went and got who they felt was an elite player who, Oh, by the way, probably can't play for them this year, but that we already had that talk. So, um, so in, in my from my view, look, I, I think Baker is worth a first round pick. But the problem is he's gonna make nearly nineteen he's scheduled to make nearly nineteen million dollars, at least fifty percent of which the Browns are gonna have to pay the tab for. And they might even have to, like to your point, they might have to send an asset with Baker just to get him off the roster. So who knows? I like I don't know what his his value would be. I, I know what it should be, but that's not what the Browns are gonna get for him. Let me go back to the original point. Is the Baker Mayfield story today wagging the tail, wagging the dog? Sorry. Is I think is it, it gets, a convenient I, truth? What do you think? I think they trade him close to the discipline coming down. Yes. I, I think that they will get it done to try and maybe take some of the sting off of whatever bad news is coming from the league office. Or so it's a gigantic down. news dump. I I I'm, I mean, it's it everything seems like it's leading up to a gigantic news dump. Friday at five o'clock on a holiday weekend. That's what it, it feels would, like. I'll be honest with you. It, it, the I think that once that disciplinary hearing happens on Tuesday, 
we go to code red at any given second the new the the decision could come down regarding uh deshaun so although sue robinson's to take her time she doesn't i mean she doesn't necessarily have to worry about news dump friday understood yeah. I, I get it i mean uh, look i mean you want to talk about the the ultimate time to do a news dump it was actually last friday with you know what happened in the country so sure. um with, with all due respect to uh, the impact that that news dump on a friday had sure on, Supreme on, on, interesting on, on that, I, I, but, I, but i'm just saying that like yeah. if you you want you want to talk about being able to slide something in that could get buried in the news cycle it definitely would have been that but they sure. haven't had the hearing yet so right um, but I, I don't think that she is committed to a, you know, a, a holiday news dump. It, it, look, it wouldn't shock me if Wednesday it came out. It wouldn't shock me if uh, Thursday or Friday or after the holiday weekend. Or, well, you would think she'd want to write a decision. I mean, she's got to give herself at least 24 hours, you know. Yeah. I would think. I mean. Yeah. And, and then again, there's the appeal process. Like after the hearing happens and the discipline gets handed down, right? The official right. notification, then Deshaun Watson says, well, I'm going to appeal. Here's the other part of this, too, that we didn't talk about is the potential for litigation in the court system. If the league really drops the sledgehammer, which again, I, uh, I am of the opinion that that is happening. Sure. I believe the sledgehammer is going to get dropped. He will not play for the Browns this year, but um, what if he takes it to court and gets an injunction that allows him to play, you sure. know what I'm saying? And tries to fight it through the, the court system. So there's a lot of, I mean, this, <laughs> I, I think that, I think that a lot can still happen even once once that news comes out. I just wonder if he gets that injunction, then is he is he suing the Browns? Yeah. No, 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 he doesn't sue the Browns. He's suing the National Football League. Yeah, but the Browns are one thirty second of the National Football League. But the Browns aren't doing the discipline. That's that's the key. The last thing the Browns want is for him to be suspended. He no, he no, he would not sue the Cleveland Browns. He would no, I know, I understand. I'm just saying, but when you sue the NFL, NFL, you are suing the Browns. Well, but you're technical. Yeah, you're. I, I think you're reaching a little there. I understand where you're. No, coming no, from. I'm, well, no, I'm not. I, just, I like. I, I don't know if the, you know, then the, the league NFL comes back on the Browns. But the NFL is a separate me, entity. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. They are yeah. a separate entity. They have the antitrust exemption, uh, which Roger Goodell was reminded of last yeah. week at the hearings. Yeah. <laughs> he was at. By the way, the reason you're here is because we have that antitrust exemption. It's a good thing you showed up today, Raj. No uh, kidding. Even if it was by Zoom, but good thing you showed up. Um, but yeah, I, I so that's where he would be seeking that injun- the injunction. It would the injunction's not against the Browns. The injunction would be against the National Football League. Sure. All right. So let me um, let me just throw this last question out there because I think it's important. Deshaun Watson is still just one player out of 22 that take the field between offense and defense. And on defense, he has zero impact. Can this team win with Jacoby Brissett or another quarterback? The defense to me, somebody asked me this the other day, and it was like, um, it was BeckQL Network asked, they said, would you still buy the Browns if Deshaun Watson wasn't the starting quarterback? So let's just say, let's say Watson was a starting quarterback and they, traded Mayfield and now all of a sudden Watson got hurt in camp and you had to go to Jacoby Brissett which by the way is how the organization will look at this if he is suspended indefinitely for the year right that's the way to look at it that that's how the organization well you know it's as if he out his knee in training camp or whatever yeah that that is how they I mean because that's exactly how they looked at the Josh Gordon suspensions 
and, yep. and, and keyword suspensions because there was like one every year. Uh, um, but I mean, that that's how they looked at it. Any dis- do you know how much money? Do you know how much money he would make selling used cars now? <laughs> He'd be killing it. Do you know how much money it. he lost? Like, I oh, mean, I know how much. You, I mean, I we've seen the numbers before. I'm just you want to like, talk about up in smoke? Sorry, I couldn't resist. I, I apologize. Cheech and Chong. And now it doesn't even matter, right? Right. Now um, it doesn't matter. But can, can this team still win? Can they still make the playoff? And by, uh, and and the, and the thing was more if you had to bet today if the Browns could still make the playoffs without Deshaun Watson. No, I I would, would you not. buy would would you spend it like uh, we'll probably do this on our show, but right. would you spend a dollar to win a hundred to say the Browns could make the playoffs? Me, I think they're still thirty to one right now. Let me find my wallet and a lighter, and I'll just light the dollar on fire for you right now. But the oh, defense no. is still the same, Daryl. I mean, this defense uh, is a top quality defense in the NFL. You've but, got two but, of the best running backs. You've got a high quality, but, at least one high quality wide what receiver. What was the Browns' record last year? They missed the playoffs by a game. No, what was the Browns' record last year? Please answer the question. I'm not going down this road, Daryl. What was like the, answer the question? Would they play 17 games last year? They were yes. a game under 500. Yes. yes. So that means they were eight and nine, correct? Yes. What was the what was the weakest link last year? The quarterback. Thank you. What will be the weakest link this year? The quarterback. I rest my case. Well, then now all of a sudden you're talking about seven Kevin Stefanski too. Because, I mean, I still... Why is it his fault that his starting quarterback isn't available to him? Why was his starting quarterback last year on the field? Why was that guy on the field after three weeks when we knew well, his Well, my understanding was, was that was a mutual decision in all parties involved. Yeah, someone needed to be an adult and stand up and go, you know what, man, we got this quarterback and his arms got super glue holding it together. Why the hell are you on the field? Come on. Stupid. Stupid. Sorry, Daryl. That that so Marvel did this. I am going to die on that hill. By the way, go ahead. Mar- Marvel did this series on Di- on Disney Plus called uh, the cartoon series called What If? Correct. And basically, it was just a complete like, what if the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe was there? This is your this is your episode one of <laughs> Cleveland Browns. What if? What if Baker Mayfield oh, man. had this, surgery I, I, after week two instead of playing with duct tape on his left shoulder? <laughs> At least they make that in Cleveland, too. You, so we got that going for it. You, what if Arbonnell didn't move the Browns in 1995? Oh, Belichick I, was allowed to keep coaching this team. Would he have won episodes, six yes. Super Bowls here? Or were those two Vince Lombardis that are in Baltimore be in Cleveland instead? There you what go. If, See, now we have future episodes of its own. What if game run, day. William, run, William kept running? Actually, no, that panned out. They did make the playoffs that year. That what was okay. If, but did he catch if, Morris Gump? That's the question. All right, Daryl, let's come back. I got one more thing I want to talk about. Could catch that third down pass in Pittsburgh in the playoffs. What if Bottlegate never happened? We could do what if Al Lerner was still alive? I like thinking about that we, one. We could do a whole season of Browns what if. What if. All right, so I've got something else I want to talk to you about. We'll do it after the break here. Um, is this the bottom? Is this the worst thing? Is this the worst offseason the Browns have ever had? Daryl Ryder, I believe you will say no, but you'll find out when we come back. It's always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. It's always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin, produced by Meredith Kane. We'll say thank you to her at the end of the show, especially if you have questions for our mailbag. 
why don't you hit us up at Game Day CLE? Although I got to tell you, our mailbag segment we did last week, we were very, very picky. We were stingy. We only allowed one in. Maybe we'll let more in down the road at Game Day CLE. And by the way, if you like what you're listening to or you're hearing right now, remember to subscribe to the It's Always Game Day in Cleveland feed. All right, Daryl, before the show, we were talking about, is this rock bottom? Is this rock bottom? <laughs> Tell me. Because if this is, man, I don't know what I, – I, I keep thinking about 0-16 and 1-15, and, right. and, and it's hard not to think that that's not rock bottom. At least this team hasn't lost a game yet this season. Well, and, well, the thing – so full disclosure, and this is the great thing about the podcast is we can do stuff like this. So um, my uh, – I, I made the mistake of checking my Facebook memories one day uh, last week. And something came up from 2013 <laughs> in which I had outlined everything that had gone wrong for the Cleveland Browns. So let's, let's jump in our DeLoreans and go back to the future. Thank you, doc Brown. Check your flux capacitors. Yes. Uh, in 2013, Pilot okay. Flying J raided by the FBI six months after Jimmy Haslam was approved as the new owner of the Cleveland Browns. Oh, boy. Multiple uh, arrests and prosecutions uh, followed and uh, plea agreements and all that kind of stuff. Has that really Jimmy been nine years? Wow. Yeah, it's been a long time. Uh, yes. For legal purposes, we'll remind everybody Jimmy Haslam uh, claimed he had uh, no idea uh, that fraud was occurring at his uh family-owned business and he was never uh charged with the crime so just and gave us the greatest soundbite in the history of radio when asked about what the uh the companies that were that not that were not getting their rebate rebate money jimmy said they said jimmy what do they say to you he goes give me my damn money <laughs> so <clears throat> here's what else happened that off season it was a very uh busy off season on the police blotter oh great um Free agent Quentin Groves for Ooh, alleged, guess Beachwood. Is that the Beachwood incident? Alleged prostitution. Yes. Uh, he thought a little something something cost about twenty bucks. <laughs> I, if you remember that particular police report, this is a family podcast. I will provide no further details. Yes. Rookie defensive end Armonte Bryant. DUI. Uh, undrafted free agent, Osser Walcott. Who? Uh, yeah, Osser Walcott um, had to deal with uh, attempted murder accusations. Ooh, ouch. And it wouldn't, as we're, you know, back in our Doc Brown DeLorean time machine here, and it wouldn't be a Browns offseason without another Josh Gordon suspension. Oh, jeez. So, Yeah. So basically from the owner on down, it was a bad off season in 2013. Whereas this year it just involves the starting quarterback who got a, uh, <clears throat> a, a lot of money and the Browns gave up a ton of draft capital to bring him, And they peeved off the guy that used to <laughs> play quarterback to the point of not wanting to play for the Browns ever again. <laughs> looking at you. Oh, Daryl. Yeah. All right. So next week, Daryl's going to tell us how he feels about Mike Florio. I, I love Mike Florio. Because you didn't just, have any emotion about it this week. It just, it annoys me when, when people put stuff out there for the sake of putting stuff out there and for clicks, it just, and, and, and it has no factual basis whatsoever. And that 
is something that has no factual basis whatsoever. But yeah, how about yeah, two th- the summer of 2013 for your Cleveland Browns, ladies and gentlemen. That, by the way, will not make the Browns what if season <laughs> that we're going to come up with. <laughs> Yeah, that popped up in my face because I was, I was, I just, I chronicled like everything bad happened to the Cleveland Browns in the 2013 offseason. It popped up in my mirror. It's like, holy crap, that was a long time ago. And uh, yeah, <sighs> that was fun, though. I, mean, I hate to say it, it was, it was fun to try to figure out what's worse, this or that. So, yeah, well, uh, the Quentin Groves prostitution still makes me laugh to this very day because I remember, oh, yeah, I remember, I remember, I remember requesting the police report. I remember opening the uh, the file that was sent to me, and I remember the text of the uh, the I think narrative is the legal word that the the police use the the narr- you know the officer's right, narrative right, right. of uh, of what has been alleged or accused or or whatnot. But I do remember word for word what was written <clears throat> down about what Quentin Groves was looking for for twenty dollars. <laughs> Daryl, uh, just before we go, let's. I I'm, don't so, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't want to touch this with a ten foot pole. So listen, I'm, I I wasn't going there. I provided saying, no specifics whatsoever. Timelines then moving forward. So we'll drop another podcast probably on Thursday. Yeah, and um, uh, hearing Tuesday is the, is the hearing. Then. Yeah, hearing will be done by then, and we will either know or we'll just be on uh, red alert, waiting for something to pop. Gotcha. Final thought on this one. This is not the worst off season for the. <laughs> because <laughs> the sad thing is is now i gotta go back and look at other off seasons to say if they're worse than the one that i just i'm waiting i'm literally waiting for maury povich to, to hop on the podcast right now this is not the worst season ever this is not the worst season ever well you know hey um we'll no guarantees maybe uh maybe this is the point zero one percent that adam schefter is wrong about that indefinite suspension with at least a year we'll we'll see but uh it sure looks like that that's what the nfl is going to push for we'll see if sue robinson goes along with it and we will see what deshaun watson as well as the legal team of the NFLPA, which is we've talked about, is going to fight this tooth and nail, and they're going to they're going to bring in the misdeeds of team ownership and the double standard that they believe. And look, I'm I'm in the NFLPA corner on this one. There is absolutely a double standard with how they treat the owners, who I recognize write the checks, versus you know how they discipline these players. So we'll see if the NFLPA's argument in that regard will carry some weight with Sue Robinson. But I do think that there's a lot of pressure based on the allegations, based on whatever they have found in their own investigation behind the scenes, as well as the potential that more stuff could come out. I just, I I really feel like indefinite suspension is ultimately what we're going to have announced. We'll see what happens. We will see. Thank you for listening. We always appreciate you listening to It's Always Game Day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. The show is produced by the amazing Meredith Kane. If you want to be a part of the show, all you have to do is hit us up at Game Day CLE. And we always remind you, if you like what you're hearing, remember to subscribe to the It's Always Game Day in Cleveland feed. Thanks for listening.